that's all right. Be calm. Be calm. I was pointing at the clock. I was trying to say, what's this big thing here all of a You're going to have to move the list. I can't see it through the clock. Wait, our, our, our vast staff here is now moving the props around that have been left over from the Joe Franklin show. Please, the brass baton. We'll move it over that one side there. And that old derby hat. Take it out, please. Okay. It's the only microphone in town that's got little plastic daisies on it. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Where, where, are we, you know, where are we all heading, man? I'm going to take my coat off here. i got my shades on. Uh, here it is, you know. It's Friday night. And, uh, well, it's Friday night, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that... Uh, that uh, that uh, vague, tingling type excitement, which means that uh, the weekend is coming up, which means that uh, man's hope springs eternal, and of course, destined always to get shot down like some gigantic limp balloon. Uh, before we get started here, friends, I would just like to say that I'm terribly miffed, just terribly miffed, terribly, just terribly. I, one of my spies gave me this today, and I'm putting this in my vast file of trivia. Would you please take note of that? Miss Brown, Herb, please take note of that, Mr. Squires. Uh, this is a special offer by an organization on the West Coast, North Hollywood, as a matter of fact, and they make available to art lovers everywhere, I can't even bring myself to say it, a musical John, six transistor radio. It is a radio in the form of a tiny wee bathroom fixture. It says available in seven decorator shades. A musical John, six transistor radio, it's cute, unusual, a real conversation maker, a great gift. Well, I suppose if you have certain types of friends, it would be a great gift. Made of high-impact styrene, comes in protective styrofoam container, shaped like a... How can I put this out? A shape like a roll of the product that the Scott people make. Complete with a battery, and it plays. My art form. My art form. My life. Friends, how would you like to have your poor, piddling little life's work packaged in a little, tiny, styrene, high-impact John? I just ask you. You notice they don't have one for the theater? Open it up, and this guy says, to be or not to be. Oh, no. That's official. I just thought that you would like to know how it was in our time, friends. So the, it's this kind of thing, you see, that makes me rock <laughs> back and forth on my base. All right, all right. If you got the name of the game, if you got the name of the game, you might as well play the game, right, game? Right. If you got the name of a schlockmeister, be a schlockmeister. Let's get with them commercials. Let's go. Oh, they got enough, friends. Miller. Oh, let's go. Hey, no, I'll tell you, you can't fool the real people. No, they're making it right, man. This is beer, beer. If beer were to drink beer, it would drink Miller Highlights. Good. They're just a bunch of phonies, them other ones. Miller makes it right. Right, right. Miller makes it right. Yeah, 
you heard me talking, friends. When you want to lay in a trough of the real stuff this weekend, you go out and buy yourself a half a dozen six-packs of Miller High Life. And they don't call it High Life for nothing. High Life, friends. Oh, on the ceiling. Miller High Life beer. The champagne of pop. You lower that snout of yours in that trough. Miller High Life, you start breathing deep. And that weekend's going to work. Miller makes it right. Right, right. Miller makes yeah. it right. That was a great commercial, wasn't it, friends? Get you off stacking off that good there. Miller High Life is brewed, of course. And that Taj Mahal, that that Vatican of the beer world, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The smell of suds all the way as far south as Kenosha. Miller High Life, dear. It's going to be one of them nights, folks. Bad night. I mean, you know, after my fantastic, sensational artistic and aesthetic smash on the Joe Franklin television show at 1.30 and 2 o'clock in the morning there, I just am totally uncontrollable. Did you notice how cute I was on TV, Herb? Oh, I was very cute. You used to see me in color. You did. I was very cute in color. Did you notice that? My bush suit there, my safari suit. Did you notice uh, Did you notice how they, they focused on my knees? Great. That's a fantastic show. What a lot of wild things happen on the show. Uh, let's uh, let's get going here, folks. Uh, little musical, John. What a sickening thought. All right. Uh, uh, gee, what do we got? All right, I have a choice right now at this moment. This is a Hobson's choice. I, uh, of course, have been bedeviled, bedad, be. Now, what's the matter, hon? I can't hear you. You know that. How many years are you going to know that moving your lips behind that class means nothing? Miller, I might be here. Yeah, yeah, wait, we're getting a message from the, from uh, Mission Control here. I am just a tool in the hands of the producers, friends. What is Hobson's choice? Don't you know what happened to old Hobby? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, friends. Now, that's a good question you ask. I said that a minute ago that uh, tonight I'm faced with a Hobson's choice. And the question was asked immediately by my more literate friends in the control room, what is Hobson, or what was, is more correct, what was Hobson's choice? Well, I'm afraid that it's only uh, 23 and a half minutes past 10 o'clock, and there's a lot of kids still up. And I don't think I can tell you what Joe Hobson had to choose between. It was a fantastic choice he made. Do you know who Hobson was? Who made the choice? You do. Well, then you should know about the choice, you idiot fool, Nave. Would you please, uh, while we're allowing our friends out there to contemplate various philosophical issues, uh, by the way, how long has it been since you've been hoist on your petard? Hmm? Boy, I saw a guy in the corner of a... Uh, you didn't see the whole movie. Well, look, uh, Hobson was mo- a lot more than a movie starring Charles Lawton, baby. I'll tell you, you don't think Gunga Din was always Sabu the Elephant Boy, do you? Because Sahib... But uh, nevertheless, I don't want to get involved in Hobson. By the way, speaking of, uh, there's a lot of things in the wind. Petersburg, England, we've got a note here. That uh, poor guy named Derek Regan. I've found that people who is named uh, Derek are always in trouble. Uh, Derek Regan was startled out of his sleep to find his home was being attacked by thousands and thousands and thousands of starlings. They flew in out of the dark, battering at windows with beaks and crashing against doors. Just his house. 
Hey, I had a fantastic dream last night, which I cannot... Well, I can tell you. It's about somebody holding up the subway. <laughs> yeah, these guys held up the subway. And now I'm sitting there watching it. And it's like Lester Smith, you know. Lester Smith, he had his, he's got this brother, see? And it's, he said... <laughs> I just had a laugh. Smith said his brother is so fantastically nearsighted that he's got to wear his glasses when he's asleep to recognize the people in his dreams. <laughs> you know, that brings up a question. I don't know whether there's anybody out there that's got bad eyes, but uh, is there anybody out there who has bad eyes and, you know, goes to bed at night and takes off his glasses? And I mean, really bad eyes, you know, that kind of look like the bottom of Coke bottles and the glasses. And he takes his glasses off and goes to bed. Uh, does he see his dreams out of focus? I'm curious. Out of sheer force of habit, you know? Or, on the other hand, uh, I, I've known people. There was this, this guy who had this army bunk above me when I was in the Army, see? And we had these over-and-under bunks, you know, these two, two double-decker bunks. And he's above me, see, every night. And, of course, they don't have uh, end tables in the Army, friends. They don't just they don't have little niceties like that. And, and he's in the top bunk, and he had these gigantic, thick glasses, great big, two BB eyes, you know, these big, like Dr. Cyclops. And uh, he had, that was the kind of outfit I was in, you know. I had big, thick glasses. One guy would come in every day and stand revelly with a crutch. And, uh, oh, yeah, we had, <laughs> I'm kidding you. <laughs> what a sad bunch. You should have seen us when we were out on the rifle range. And that guy had those glasses. And, uh, yeah, and he was also left-handed, you see. And I remember him trying to fire. We were firing this, this Enfield rifle. You, know, you ever see the British Enfield? This British Enfield rifle, you know, was used at about the time, well, it was already uh, obsolete at the time that the British got in the Boer War. And somehow, my outfit got him. And we had all these Enfield rifles, and he's firing. Uh-oh, we're getting a call from the left-handed uh, shooter, see? And he's firing away at his glasses, and I was his coach. We're on the firing range. You know how they do? Ready on the right, ready on the left. Ready on a firing line. Uh, issue one round bowls, ammunition, one round ball ammunition, load and lock. He puts the 30 caliber slug into this Enfield. It's a big, heavy gun. He's laying there flat, and he fires it. And he rocks back, and his helmet flies off, and smoke swirls up. And he, he cocks the thing again, and the, the, the spent cartridge goes flying out, hits him in the glasses, see, because he's on the wrong side of the rifle, and knocks his great big glasses about 15 feet into the ditch behind us there. And I says, oh, boy, how the heck? Are you, you can't figure out how the enemy is losing this war, you know? <laughs> you just can't. I'm sorry. It's Friday night. So uh, my Hobson's choice is this, friends. I might as well bring it right out to you. I've, I'm loaded with commercials, so let's get a few of them on before we get... By the way, friends, Rosetta have, is having this giant George Washington sale. And if you've been worried what to do about George's birthday, you know, even fooling around and, and that George did all this stuff, you know, after all, he's a father of the country and all that, and, and uh, you didn't do anything for George Washington's birthday, and he did all this stuff for us, you know, with the revolution and writing the Constitution and all that stuff, and and any guy that wears wooden teeth, you got to do something for him. And uh, if you didn't do anything about the big George's birthday, well, I would like to suggest that uh, Rosetta has this fantastic George Washington sale, which is on uh, today, tomorrow. That's it. It's just up through uh, just up through Saturday. That's it, Daddy. Between 20 and 50 percent off of all lighting fixtures. No. Well. 
That's, uh, I thought it was all lighting fixtures, and I'm sorry. You better tell me what it was then. Not all. Well, okay, then. I don't know what you mean by that, but uh, anyway, they've got the... I, I guess it's most lighting fixtures, then, okay? Some lighting fixtures. Oh, I see, the stuff they couldn't move. I dig. Rosetta, Rosetta, George Washington. I see. Okay, old George is still in there pitching. He never tells a lie. That's 79 Chambers Street, 75 West 45th Street, and their newest showroom at 73 Murray Street, just two blocks west of City Hall. You go in there and holler, big George sent me, and they will give you 20 to 50% off on some lighting fixtures, right? Rosetta. <laughs> My Rosetta. Uh, this is WOR, friends. What's the matter? What's my, you look exactly like the director of the Fred Allen Show looked every week. Rosetta, my Rosetta, Rasmataz, oh, they're old friends. Rosetta's a great place. They have all kinds of stuff down there. You want electrically operated rat traps? Uh, they got the, everything. They got the electric uh, aquariums for your piranha fish. Everything down there with little bars and everything. This is uh, uh, Rosetta. My rules and a... Well, do you have a little transcribed whoopee in there for us, Herb? Okay, they're still wiggling. Hit them, hit them. Let's hear what this is. <laughs> Any kind of battery you can use, you can choose in the powerhouse. The ever-ready powerhouse, where the power comes from. When man first steps on the moon, he'll carry a special breed of batteries, a long-life power source designed for space-age use, like the ever-ready Golden Energizer. Tomorrow's power, yours now from EverReady. In heavy duty, golden energizers last up to three times longer than ordinary batteries in radios, up to seven times longer in flashlights and cameras, up to ten times longer in toys. So for batteries that last longer, come to the people who've been making them longer. Get reliable golden alkaline energizers from the EverReady powerhouse, where the power comes from. Any kind of battery with power to spare, you'll find there in the powerhouse. The ever-ready powerhouse. The ever-ready powerhouse. Ka-dum-bum. Hey, listen, a scientific note here. We just received a note from one of our listeners. He called in. He does not wear his glasses to bed, this guy, but he dreams he is wearing them. So he sees, okay, he sees Jake in his dreams. <laughs> no, that's probably true. He's not kidding. That's an absolute truth. He dreams that his nose is sweating, you know, where those little things fit on your nose there. And even in his dreams, he is wearing his big old cheaters. You know, he's got those great big shades on. <laughs> so he sees, okay. I wonder if he ever dreams that he's lost his glasses and can't see in his dream. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. Uh, but, you know, do you dream in widescreen, or do you have the old narrow-gauge dreams, huh? Widescreen, that's pretty good. Of course, you're a multimedia man. Uh, do, <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, how many of you dream in color with bad color correction? I mean, you know, the, the tint is turned bad, or your Aunt Millie... Yeah, oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, they tell a lot now by the way people uh, adjust their TV set. I almost killed my mother the last time I went out to... Uh, out to visit her. She's got this color TV set. And I sat down there, and she turns the TV set on, you know, they're very fooling around. you you got to pretend, you know, when you're visiting parent types. And so I pretended that I like bridge mix. And I even went through the great uh, red cabbage pretense. I pretended I like my... Every time I go home, my mother says, oh, I got red cabbage. Isn't that great? Just for you. I knew you were coming. And, uh, you know, nothing I like better than red cabbage, friends. Oh, 
She got this idea because once when I was nine, I said I like red cabbage. And ever, that, ever since that time, you know, I've got this red cabbage monkey on my back. Everywhere I go, even now. You know, I'm, I'm, I go out and play a college date, and uh, some nice college lady professor comes up. Well, I fixed you a bowl of red cabbage. I've heard you like it. <laughs> you know what I'm going to tell you to do with your red cabbage next time? Yes, sir. I tell me it's very exciting to do it that way, too. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> I, uh, I don't like to uh, ask you personal questions about your dreams, but... Uh, I mean, you know, they say that uh, well, not everybody dreams in color. In fact, it is a distinct minority dream in color, and most people dream in good old stark black and white. You know, exciting shades of gray. Did you know that? Yeah? And if you dream in color, you're an extremely interesting person. And I won't tell you why you're interesting. However, we here in the psych department, I would like to hear from you. Or you keep looking at me and saying funny things. Listen to the show, then you'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm a little worried about my friends up there. They turn color. And uh, also, uh, I said to my mother, why did I get this thing with my mother when I'm sitting there? And she's got the TV set on, see? And uh, I look at it, and, and uh, she's looking at Huntley and Brinkley, and they're green. I said, no, I'm, uh, do you mind if I adjust the TV set? You know, I had tint and it had that contrast on it. So I get up there and I adjust the tint. See, they got this great big 422-inch TV set. In fact, the house that my mother lives in is now built on this TV set. It's built around it. And then it's got little passageways around that you can walk around it, you know, and eat stuff and, you know, the, you know go to the john and stuff. Oh, another report just came in. Another report. This guy's dreams are blurred. He has fuzzy dreams, he says, but they're the color is extremely bright. He says he sees a lot of color, but the dreams are... Well, of course, that guy's a, he's an acid head. I know that type. I know all about that. That's a clear description of an acid head binge. I know that. I've known friends. <laughs> friends. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I said to my mother, I said, Ma, can I adjust the TV set? And you know how mothers, you know, well, all right. So I get up. I start working a tent and the... And they contrast, and I can see, you know, they've, they've been turned way over, and they're crazy, uh, you know, it's like all clockwise on contrast, and fully counterclockwise on, on uh, brightness, and all. so I can adjust this thing, and all of a sudden, out of this, this, this green grotto, uh, with little orange overtones, appears the friendly, uh, well, you know, the, the friendly <laughs> face of uh, old Clunkly and Clinkly, Brinkley, Gunkly. Oh, you know that vaudeville team that does the news every night. And they come out real clean, and, and they've got skin tones. See, and I adjust it very carefully. And I notice that there's a kind of a frosty atmosphere. And I sit down, and I'm watching this thing. And the Chet takes off his glasses and looks very solemn. And, and David is looking wry, you know, the little shtick. So uh, my mother's saying nothing. And finally she says, uh, do you mind if I adjust the TV set myself. And I said, no, Ma. The next thing I know, they're green again. I said, Ma, they're green. What is this with the green? He said, well, I like it that way. Bump, ba -dum, bump. Once again, I realized another gulf had widened. There we were. Now, the question arose in my mind. You see, I'm a very philosophical type. Was my mother seeing these green people as skin tones? Or, and I hate to admit this, were my skin tones green to the rest of the world? I don't know. 
So we sat there, and for the whole weekend, I watched a green hockey game. Very exciting to see a green hockey game. Yes, the Blackhawks were playing the Rangers and got clobbered. And uh, even Bobby Hull, Bobby Hull hit a guy in the head with a goalpost, and it was green. And I sat there and watched a green game, and then I watched a green football game. At the, everything was green. It was kind of nice. Because after all, it gets kind of restful. See, I realized that the, my mother, you see, and I asked her later, I'm about to go, I said, Ma, I want to ask you a question Ma, about the TV set. Uh, you know, because uh, uh, I want to find out, you know, if, if maybe she was finally flipping her cork, you know, finally. And I said, Ma, uh, you know, do you, do you want it green like that? She said, yes, it, it, it's kind of nice. It goes with the, goes with the couch. You see, my mother defines a color television set as making colors, the kind of colors she likes. Once again, I realized <laughs> there are some things you can't talk about. Do you have a whoopee in there for us, Big Herb? All right, I have one for you here. If you'd like a fantastic food experience, friends, very shortly, you better get on the phone and call Mandarin House because they're celebrating their new Chinese New Year. And this, by the way, is the year of the chicken, the year of the rooster. I found that out last night. That's right. Did you see that great drawing that uh, Don Kingman did? But uh, it's the year of the rooster with traditional 10-course New Year banquet Mandarin style. And this is your choice to make it big, man, in the Mandarin food world. And this is great food. I'm, you know, I'm an old... Mandarin House. I can't go to a Mandarin House uh, as much as I like to, because every time I do, you know, I sit there for three hours and eat pine cone fish and sweet and sour sauce coming out of my ears. And uh, this is the big Chinese New Year banquet. It is once a year they serve this any time from now through the 2nd of March. And you got to call them well in advance. Parties of eight or more can enjoy this any time, weekend or not. But if you're a smaller party like just you, and that's smaller, you're such a small person. Uh, smaller parties or just even couples, you can order this banquet Monday through Thursday only. Reservations one day in advance for this thing, and it's only 10 bucks a head, and it is a genuine banquet, man. Chinese and authentic. Mandarin House is in the village, 13th between 6th and 7th, or Mandarin East, 2nd Avenue between 5, 7, and 5, 8. Call them at Watkins 9 oh, five, five, one. Hobson's Chosed. He's Chosed, man. Hold it there. Hold it. I'll reset, please, if you will. And uh, I don't know what it is tonight. It's Friday night, and I'm kind of going ape. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel in one of those moods. Maybe it's because of... Uh, of all these commercials I got. Let's see. Because, you know, it's that time of the year. This is commercial year. They're breeding at this time. Miller, Rosetta, Everetti, Magnavox. That's a goodie. So don't worry, friends. Uh, if you've been, uh, you know, getting a little bug because you don't have a good color. We've been talking about color TV set here uh, for the last half hour. And if you would like to have one in your own home, and you can play around with your own psychedelia, you can have a, you know, a solid plum-colored Johnny Carson. That's exciting, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sir, and a banana-colored Zsa Zsa Gabor. Uh, this is the advanced color TV that tunes itself, automatic fine-tuning by Magnavox. Once a year, they have a big sale, and you better get on the stick. Two hundred ninety-nine ninety, the best buy ever in the history of Magnavox on color TV. 
And this is just this once a year, Dad. Once a year. And these are the current contemporary models. I know this stuff that the kids have run over with tennis shoes, you know, kicked around discontinued models with the wind-up color TV. And, uh, oh, yeah, oh, you remember the guy with the old round things? I remember a guy who, a friend of mine, spent about 975 bucks on a Chinese modern TV set. It was, what an obscenity. And it had a round screen, and it had a bamboo, uh, yeah, you know, bamboo cabinet with bamboo, baby. I'm telling you, it was a Chinese modern TV set, and it had a round screen. And it was the most icky, uggish, rotten, crummy TV set I ever saw in my life. And he loved it. He really loved it. It had a little round screen. You remember when they had the round screens? And it says if you get a round... And he was sold on the idea if you get a round screen, you can see the corners of the picture. You remember when they had that promotion? And it was, it was you know, it was an ape. You had a feeling that you were always looking out of the porthole of a sinking barge. And uh, it was terrible. <laughs> We'd sit and throw chop suey at it. Oh, what a bad set. If you want a really good set, friends, look up your Magnavox dealer. He's in the yellow pages, right? You notice what a silly show this is tonight? Totally silly. I've got to become serious. Now, any serious show has a musical number, right, friends? So if you'll give me the... No, no, no. I, uh, and they have a singer. So uh, here is our star of the show singing a very popular tune of the day. Bring it on, please, maestro. Yes, sir. Here we come. I'm the sheep compared to be. Yes, sir. Your love belongs to me. Don't you forget it. At night, when you're asleep, asleep, into your tent, I'll creep, creep, creepity creep. The stars above will shine, yeah. Has shined the light of love. Oh, oh, oh. You rule this land with me. Yes, it be. I'm the sheep, 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 the boom. Run it, pink, got that little soup for the soup. musical number from our star. Hmm? That was very nice. It's always good to have a musical interlude, friends, here from Studio Land. Idol of the Airlines there. And the, by the way, the Idol of the Airlines now will pause for just a moment to uh, ask our commercial announcer if he has any other commercials. And by George, he does. Hello, Big Ed. Come on in with a commercial. <laughs> Hello, friends. Do you hate that bright, hot sun shining in your home? Well, of course, that bright, hot sun shines in your home every February like this, around about George Washington birthday time. Well, Sears has a great solution. Sears Custom Aluminum Awnings. Sears Aluminum Awnings. And they're having a special pre-season sale with prices slashed 25%. Keep that sun out of your eyes. These Custom Aluminum Awnings stop the sun's direct rays and allow air to circulate can actually lower room temperature by as much as 15 degrees. And they protect your home. Listen, it keeps the bad guys out. You lower them awnings on those bad guys and the wolves and stuff. <laughs> and it'll keep them out. I guess. says right here. Hurry. The sale is limited. And uh, you get right on the phone now and call Sears. Easy installation. Just a screwdriver and a couple of fingernails. 
Worried about starlings. Attacking the house. Oh, gee whiz, well, isn't it exciting? I wonder they got that little John made like a radio. Or is it the other way around? Hey, I have a little note here. Got to bring it to your attention, friends. Where is it? Here it is. Here it is. Oh, this is sad. This is the kind of stuff you don't hear in the news. You know, we're having so much trouble with uh, international relations these days. Bad scene. I mean, here's a note from Ankara, Turkey. Five Turkish farmers are threatening to stone the U.S. and Soviet embassies if they are not paid compensation. Now it's trouble with the Turks for flood damage, which they say was caused because Russian and American spaceships, quote, tore holes in the sky. Tore holes in the sky. The farmers told... I have to translate. That's Turkish. The uh, farmers told a newsman they suffered severe losses in floods which ravaged southern Turkey in January. They said Russian and American spaceships had torn six holes in the sky right over their farm during the Apollo 8 and the Soyuz 4 and 5 missions. The floods afford to throw these holes, the farmers said. Hmm. The Russians and Americans should pay for these losses. Now, how do you like that, man? Tearing holes in the sky. We're doing it all, all over the world. The farmers said this explanation was provided by the local Islamic religious leader. The farmers came to Ankara from their village in the south, bringing with them six baskets of rocks. Okay? They brought their own rocks, please, if you will. Rasputins. We'll salute them. Oh, there's nothing like a Turkish farmer when he is really on the tent. Oh, man. With those holes in the skies pouring out the water all over the yam and the pumpkin crop. Oh, we're weeping for the Turkish farmers. Oh, that's enough. A kind of a nice little salute there. Yeah, we're just doing a bad scene. Uh, all over Americans are just lousing up the world, tearing holes in the sky. And, uh, oh, yes, uh, one other international note you might be interested in from Andorra. You know anything about Andorra, friends? Well, uh, I just thought you'd be interested in this note because it's very important here. I mean, it's, you know, a little strong wind. The residents of Andorra got the good news on their military budget for 1969. You see, they work from the 1st of the February is the beginning of the year in Andorra. You see, they're kind of a behind everything there. And in 1969, they got their budget, and the military budget for Andorra is five bucks. <laughs> well, I kind of like that. The money will be used to buy ammunition for the 22 caliber rifles. Of the 20-man Andorran police force, the rifles are used to fire ceremonial salutes for visiting dignitaries. And uh, it's going to be a five-buck... Uh, boy, I'll bet there's a lot of complaining in Andorra about the raise in taxes that that's going to bring about. You know, five-dollar military budget. You know, that's a, almost a, a 50% increase. It was only 375 last year, you know. It says uh, Andorra is a 191-square-mile principality of about 5,200 population nestled in the Pyrenees Mountains between France and Spain. And uh, Now, I, the only reason I, I brought that Andorran note out tonight was because it was kind of important to me. Andorra, I, uh, Andorra was responsible for the beginning of my life of crime. And uh, for those of you who don't know anything about I don't know anything about Andorra itself. I mean, really, I have nothing against Andorra. It's kind of, if there's any Andorans out there, I want to... Offend you, you know, just 
I can just see me being picketed by angry Andorans tomorrow. Or do they call them Andorees? Andorians. What is the plural? What is an Andoran called? Is it Andoran? Andoran? Andorini? Andorra. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm uh, walking around, you know. I'm a kid. I'm about nine years old, and I'm on the uh, stamp collecting kick. Aha. Now you know what it is. And I wonder how many of you know what the principal uh, product of Andorra is. Stamps. <laughs> Andorran stamps, that's it, you know. And uh, that's what they're known for all over the world, about their stamps. And so uh, I'm a kid, you know, and uh, I, I collect stamps. Like I got a, a airmail six-inch stamp with a picture of Roosevelt on it. And, you know, I'm collecting stamps. I got this little book I got at Woolworth, and, and I keep pasting these things in. And there was one page, you know how you get these uh, stamp, uh, little stamp catalogs, or like a little stamp uh, uh, collector's uh, notebook-like, what do they call them? Uh, uh, what do they call them? They have a name for those things. And nevertheless, it was, it was a book I bought, and it had blank spaces for all the various type of stamps. And under it, it would tell a country, like uh, there would be a whole page that would say German. And there would be a page that says Luxembourg. And, uh, in the back, you could see pictures of the various types of stamps you can get from these countries. Well, I had some German stamps, and I had a couple of English stamps, and uh, the stamps my uncle would give me, and uh, that kind of stuff. And I never had any Andorran stamps. I mean, uh, you, there, there you see Andorran, and the whole page there. And nobody in our neighborhood ever even heard of Andorra. And I remember asking my dad, you know, I says, where's Andorra? Andorra? Well, did she move? The, yeah, well, we had about nine people named Andorra in the neighborhood. Andorra May Popkin, for example, which uh, I don't want to even get into because she went to reform school. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, it was that kind of a scene, so it was kind of a mystery page. Well, one day I'm sitting there looking at my boy's life and uh, reading Uncle Dan Beard's column about how you can track beavers. And uh, he was always telling me how to track beavers. But you look, I think you track beavers by watching for the moss on the west side of trees or something. And that's where beavers chew it or something like that. I remember all this thing. I remember how to make fire by scraping wood together. And one time I spent a whole month in the basement trying to make a fire by uh, spinning a stick, you know, with a, with a little bow I made. And, yeah, I had a shoestring, a leather shoestring, you know, the kind of thongs you use. You know? And uh, I made this thing. I was going for the uh, woodcraft no, no, the, the, not woodcraft, the uh, trailcraft merit badge. You know, you had to make a fire by rubbing sticks together. Not really rubbing sticks together, but by making a little thing go back and forth. And I'm sitting down there for about a month just going like that. All that happened was I drilled a hole for a piece of oak. That's all. <laughs> the old man would come down, he'd look at me, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm making fire here, and I'm back and forth. And he says, well, how's the fire coming? Once in a while, he'd holler. He says, boy, if I had to wait for you to light up one of my luckies from that fire you're making, Dad, I'd give up smoking, right? Ha, 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 ha. And I'm down there working away. And finally, I drilled a hole right through it. That was the end of that. I went for another merit badge. The chicanery. That was a great merit badge. But nevertheless, uh, you know how you do that. But you know how to get a chicanery merit badge? You have to steal the hubcaps off of at least four cars in your neighborhood and sell them without being caught and produce a receipt that you got dough from the junkyard. Well, I, I belong to a city troop, an urban boy scout. Some kid had the temerity to write me and tell me I don't know anything about urban boy scouts. What did he think Hammond, Indiana was? Hammond, Indiana was so urban. 
Uh, oh, we've got another commercial. It just snuck out of the wood. Oh, the electronic workshop. That's not a commercial. No, that's just my little fun and games. You know, there's no electronic workshop. I invented it. And uh, over, yes, over all these years, you know, WR has been yelling at me, when am I going to get a commercial? So I invented this electronic workshop. There's no electronic workshop, friends. And if you want to test that out, you call this number tomorrow morning from noon on. I'm serious. You call this number, you see what you get, Gramercy 30140. How many years have I been telling you that that's the electronic workshop? Okay. Have any of you ever heard of anybody who ever bought anything at the electronic workshop or ever found it? Right. <laughs> Don't let it get back to the sales department. Boy, this could mean the whole the whole ball of wax goes right down John Gambling's air conditioning. And I'm done. D-O-N. And, and, and by the way, it would be a terrible time to do it because OR has promised me that if I'm really good... Within the next six months, they're going to let me do my show from a studio. And I can hardly wait to get into radio. They're going to give me a microphone. Stun of this cockamamie little thing we got here that we got once from the Sears Robot Company when we got a Pentron tape recorder. That's what this thing is. It's a free home recorder type mic. Have you wondered why I sound like a like a like a like a starling? Who's having digestive troubles? Well, that's because of this crummy microphone here. They, they, you know. But you know that they turn off the real microphones here at WOR from 8 o'clock on. That's the truth. That's right. We got this raw AC type uh, power supply, which we use on our uh, on our uh, preamplifiers. If you wonder about that hum there. All right, turn up the gain so you can hear the hum. Oh, electronic workshop. Well, uh, they're great guys down there. I invented them. Like uh, Frank L. Baum invented uh, the land of the munchkins. And I peopled them with my own little characters. There is no Len Chase. He does not smoke bad, rotten, three-for-a-quarter cigars. Three-for-a-quarter, am I kidding? Three-for-a-nickel. That's the kind he smokes. They smell like a combination of old rubber bands and burlap burning. And he loves them, you know. Every time he takes a dragon, one of those, his eyeballs light up that yellow, that sick yellow color. You know, Ugh. terrible person. This is the electronic workshop, and they're 26 West 8th Street. Now, you know there's no hi-fi place on 8th Street. Amid all those ridiculous galleries where they sell those lousy paintings and all that stuff. Of course not. And it's a 26 West 8th Street, and they have all this hi-fi stuff, and they're just great people. They'll play the banjo for you, and you come in there. <laughs> I'm serious. And, if, uh, you know, they'll do anything. I mean, they know that most of the freeloaders that drift in there are not going to buy anything. So if you want Len to uh, sing, he'll sing for you, or dance, or babysit, or watch your pet chimpanzee, or whatever you want down there. This is uh, 26 West 8th Street, friends. The Electronic Workshop. And uh, they're just great people. They're just honest, reliable, sober, and industrious. And they're reverent as all get out. And you call them tomorrow. Gramercy 30140. And see what you get when you call that number. Gramercy 30140. You're going to be shocked. Sickening. All right. We've done it all, haven't we? Hey, baby. We've done it all, haven't we? Good. Give me the signal, not Herbert. Mine. I'm doing it. Now, let's uh, get back to our little world here. Now, you want to hear what happened to me with the Andorran thing? I don't know whether I should tell you this. I'm a kid saying I'm collecting these stamps. You are listening tonight 
to the voice of a hardened, grizzled fugitive from justice. And I was led down that primrose path by the, well, by Boy's Life, of all places. They had in the back of a Boy's Life magazine, they had a thing that said, stamps sent on approval. Well, I, you know, what does that mean? It says stamps sent by on approval. It said all you have to do is send your name and address to the Allied Approval Stamp Corporation in East Chicanery, Kansas. Send your name and address and a self-stamped addressed envelope, and they will send you these stamps on approval. It says wonderful stamps from all types of countries, like Luxembourg and Andorra. I mean Andorra. And it said German. Oh, they had them all, I see. It's a sent on approval. It says a great 5,000 stamp fantastic collection that comes in a big cellophane bag. And you will also get free, if you work right now, you will get a special magnifying glass. It says there you can see all the print and milling and all that stuff. So I sent away. And about two weeks later, I got this big bag of stamps. It didn't cost a thing, see, I got all these stamps. So I grabbed them and I pasted them in my book. A whole page of Anthorin stamps. And then I hid under the daybed. And about three or four weeks later, I got a letter. It says, you better send that quarter, kid. Or we're going to bust you into pieces. We're going to let your old man know what kind of a rotten, stinking crook you are. And we're going to report you to your scoutmaster. Because we know that you got it out of boy's life, man. And I hid under the basement steps. Well, they kept writing these letters. Until one day, I'm in the Army. I got three of them, incidentally, when I was in the Army for a year already. I have not heard from them because I did not leave my forwarding address when I left the signal corps. <laughs> but they are for find out who got away with all those valuable Andorran stamps. <laughs> There's a level to be nothing but old John Gambling tapes being paid every night between 10, 15, and 11. Every night. So, you know, friends, my connection with Europe and Middle Europa and the Aluminum and Aluminum Awning Company are very close. Very warm. And it's Friday night, friends. Warm, great weekend. Happy George Washington. By the way, we'll be on tomorrow night at five minutes past ten with the Penny Whistle Hour. Oh, oh.